Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com for a different view on Irish business. Welcome back to The Small Business Show and don't forget you can listen back to previous shows on irishexaminer.com forward slash business forward slash small business show. Now an article published on inc.com, inc.com is the focus of our next story and it was written by Ukrainian expatriate Yuri Boykov and it was entitled Why the Civil Unrest in Ukraine Matters to Small Business. And to talk to me now about this article and how the situation in Ukraine has affected small businesses is Yuri Boykov and he joins me now from where he is in Gravity Media in New York City. So Yuri, uh, first of all, the article that you wrote for Inc.com, uh, Why the Civil Unrest in Ukraine Matters to Small Business. Why is it important for small business in the Ukraine? I'll use an example of our own company, Gravity Media. So we have an office uh, of programmers in Crimea, in Simferopol. So uh, these are the individuals who uh, work on a variety of development projects for our U.S. clients. They develop web applications as well as mobile applications for us. And uh, it's a team of 10 people who historically have been uh, Ukrainian citizens and dealt under Ukrainian law. And now, uh, after the annexation of of Crimea, now we're dealing with literally a Russian company under Russian laws that have not been fully implemented. So it affects uh, the banking system. It affects how we do business with them. It affects their morale. We are not still sure, for instance, how we're going to transact, which banks we're going to be using. They are not sure about uh, the governance of, of, um, of, of the peninsula and how it will affect their day-to-day. So th- there's a lot of uncertainty. There, are, there is a lot of bureaucracy now uh, that, that's changing. So it obviously affects our business and it affects our clients' business. Mm. So just one of the examples. In terms of that, I mean, you mentioned morale there. Is, is, is it kind of tough for them over there in the in the Crimea, they they were with a business connected, obviously with you. Has it been obviously affected them? Has it affected their business and their ability to do business as well? Sure. So so we can talk about Ukraine as a country, or we can talk about Crimea. In this particular case, uh, if we're talking about Crimea, historically it's been one of the poorest areas in Ukraine, and that highly relied on, uh, uh, with the exception of one city of uh, Sevastopol, uh, highly relied on tourism and and Ukraine uh, for um, almost all of its business. So I, uh, ethnically, even though it's it's predominantly Russian. It still worked under one uh, Ukrainian uh, sort of legal framework. Now, with uh, with the annexation, uncertainty is is the worst thing that could happen to any business. So, if if you're a small local business, you don't know where you're going to get your supplies. If you are uh, a business that's uh, doing business internationally, like the the company that we work with for programming. Obviously, it affects them on day-to-day business and how they're going to do transactions. For instance, European Union banned any kind of flights to Crimea from the European destinations. So that's obviously going to affect their tourism and international trade. I think all of these things will negatively affect the peninsula. 
for Ukraine, I think the problem is more uh, uh, psychological because Crimea has historically for the last 25 years been a part of the country. Mm. And uh, being completely annexed obviously affects uh, morale more than uh, economy. Ukrainian economy has not really benefited from Crimea. It mostly contributed to, to the growth of Crimea which heavily depended on Ukrainian uh, Ukraine supply of uh, electricity, water, and a lot of other things uh, to the peninsula. Mm. And if we if we look at the Ukraine and and small business in the Ukraine, what kind of small business atmosphere does the Ukraine have? Ukraine has had a boom in small business growth over the last I would say ten fifteen years, but it's mostly in the trade sector. So uh, sort of uh, buy cheaper, sell more expensively, and and that has been the the mantra of small business in Ukraine, predominantly because um, there not has been a history of uh, industrial development after the collapse of the Soviet Union. So a lot of people would would go to uh, Turkey, Poland, you know, uh, buy goods and, and then sell them um, locally. Now, right now, uncertain, uh, uncertainty about the potential Russian invasion is very high. Russia has implemented a more difficult entrance for foreign citizens, including Ukraine, to its own country. So it's more difficult for small businesses to buy stuff and then sell in Ukraine and vice versa. I think that overall, small businesses in Ukraine um, have been threatened by the ex-government of uh, President Yanukovych, Mm -hmm. specifically, as I outlined in the previous article, that it came to be that even taxi drivers had to pay close to half of what they were making uh, to the government and not in the form of taxes, but in the form of bribes. So it affected big businesses, medium-sized businesses. And in the last two to three years, it affected small businesses. I think that the only, the major reason why people went to Maidan to protest in the middle of Kiev uh, that caused the entire revolution was because people had enough of bribing every step of the way, uh, every time they wanted to make any money. And, you know, the unrest itself is a result of a lack of transparency and uh, enormous growth in bribery on on a very local level even. And that was going to be my next question. I mean, in terms of business-wise and and getting business back on track in the Ukraine and getting the economy going, does it have to combat, first of all, the the image, as you say in in your article for Inc. magazine, that it is inherently a corrupt country? And so that first and foremost, it has to get rid of that image that it is a corrupt country. Right. I think... uh, Or sorry, the people people who run the country are corrupt. Sorry. Exactly. Just to be more clear, it's not the corrupt country. The, the, the history of Ukraine, which is more pro-Western than pro-Eastern mm. his, historically, with the exception of maybe a couple of cities <clears throat> in the east of Ukraine, has not been a corrupt country. So if, if you go to the central of Ukraine and the west of Ukraine, the corruption is is much smaller. The scale of corruption is is minimal. But when you go to the east, it's becoming more prevalent. It has become more prevalent. I think that the generation of individuals who have been running the country for the last 20 years comes from the generation of ex-Soviet Union officials who have built the economy based on corruption and bribery. And they were in power for for a period of time. And, And Yanukovych himself is a child of that system. You know, a gentleman who's been in jail for twice in his life cannot run the country. Apparently, he did. So he instilled the system of, of corruption and bribery in every part of, of the country. And I think the new government 
the only thing that they need to do, the number one thing they need to do is create transparency and, and uh, use the money that, uh, you know, they, they raised from, from the West to actually maybe raise salaries of, of the officials and, 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 and police, self-police. Uh, so individuals on, on the local level and small businesses in particular have a belief, have, uh, uh, have a trust that any time they need to get a license or any time they want to open a small shop or uh, start doing uh, business internationally, they don't have to pay uh, enormous bribes uh, on, on a local level. And in terms of uh, moving on into the future, if things stay the way they were, um, you know, the Ukraine as itself as an independent country stay the same, the Crimea is, is uh, still uh, effectively a part of Russia. What does the Ukraine need to do now to get itself back up and running to make sure that the country business-wise moves forward? What frameworks do you think would help small businesses in the country? Well, the legal framework needs to change. I think that simplification of a tax code. I, I, was, I was talking to a few of my colleagues in, in Ukraine and they say, in order for me to file taxes, I need to go through enormous amount of tax preparation forms in order for me to open a business, I need to go through three or four government officials, get their stamps, make sure that I give them a little bit of money so they uh, allow the process to go smoother. So I think change of the framework, uh, legal framework, needs to be number one. Uh, I think the second thing is the uh, besides the, taxes, the taxation system, they need to give people uh, trust that they're not going, going to be invaded tomorrow by Russia or anybody else. So I think the stronger military would definitely help in, in the overarching feeling that you are protected. Mm-hmm. Number three, um, I think they need to continue the European integration. For good or bad, you know, uh, it will give people an opportunity to believe that uh, European laws and laws that have proven to work in countries like uh, Germany, uh, UK, uh, France, even though they're not perfect as well, uh, will be applied in a country like Ukraine. So I, I think that taxation, change of taxation, legal framework, I think stronger military and demand from the government to follow the European Union path, those are the three uh, most important things to the small business. And finally, your article, I suppose, if, if I read between the lines, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you, you kind of lament the fact that you would like to go back to the Ukraine, maybe to start a business or to work with another business over there along with where you are in New York, etc. So you feel that you, as, a, as an expatriate of the Ukraine, have a role to play in its future as well. So, so what role do expatriates, do you think, have in the future of the Ukraine as well? I think that there is a dual role. One is, I would say, lobbying. Uh, of, 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 of the government here in the U.S. to actually pay attention to, to Ukraine, that it's, it's not just a Ukrainian problem, it's a global problem. The second one is investments. Obviously, you know, my job as a Ukrainian-American uh, is to contribute as much as I can to the growth of both nations. Uh, it's, it's, it's an inherent role. So um, by the way we did opening an office in, in, in Ukraine, using some of our resources to give back to uh, different charities. But from the business perspective, I think the best way we could do is to um, open local offices, open regional offices. So for a company like mine that does international marketing and international advertising, I would love to have an office in Ukraine. I, I would love to have my clients who are international clients uh, do business in Ukraine through an office uh, of, of my company. The challenge is until the situation sta- stabilizes, you know, uh, people like me 
um, are having a difficult time opening anything in Ukraine. So uh, I, I think it's it's become evident. Like for instance, I have a friend who um, invested close to five million dollars in in Kharkiv, which is in the east of Ukraine, to open a vodka factory, and he wanted to import it here to the United States. Five million dollars for Ukraine is an enormous investment. Uh, it, mm. Close to 500 jobs opened uh, for, for in Ukraine. However, the current unrest, you know, puts his entire enterprise at risk. So unless there is that legal framework and uh, th- that I mentioned, it, it will be very difficult for people like myself to, to go and be fully invested in, in the country of Ukraine. Yuri Boykov from uh, Media Gravity uh, in New York. Thank you very much for joining us and talking to us about the issues involving small business in the Ukraine right now. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's show. Don't forget you can listen back to this show and more uh, via irishexaminer.com. You can read my articles every Monday in the Irish Examiner newspaper as well. Well, that's it for this week's show. My thanks to all my guests as ever. I'm Kellen Kerr when you've been listening to The Small Business Show. Bye for now. The Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com for a different view on Irish business. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.